Two months ago, this photo broke the internet. Within just one hour, 116,000 people had started following a new Instagram account that it appeared on, and hundreds of thousands of people had liked it. So many, in fact, that Instagram crashed and went offline. In case you don't know, this is the cast of the American sitcom Friends. It began 25 years ago and ended about 15 years ago now. But still today, if you turn on the guide on your TV, you will find a channel somewhere showing endless repeats. The show still pulls huge audiences. A whole new generation of teenagers are discovering it. What is it that makes this show so popular? Well, maybe there is a clue in the theme tune as the following words sing out. I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour. I'll be there for you like I've been there before. I'll be there for you because you're there for me too. Are people today desperate for someone to truly be there for them? David Schwimmer, the actor who plays Ross, thinks so. When he was asked to explain why the show was so successful, he said the following. It's a fantasy for a lot of people, having a group of friends who become like family. Having a group of friends who become like family. And there is now statistical evidence to back that up. According to a recent survey, 20% of adults admit to feeling lonely. In another survey, the same proportion, 20%, said that they had no friend who they could discuss a personal problem with. It reminds me of something that Mother Teresa once said. She spent her life working with destitute people in Calcutta. She saw leprosy, she saw AIDS, she saw cancer on a daily basis. But Mother Teresa said that the worst disease in all the world was loneliness. I don't know how that relates to you. Maybe you come tonight and loneliness is something that you battle with. Well... You are not alone. But I felt God challenged me to go further and to respond to this. I think he wants me in my personal life and the church here on Isla to do something about this. To go out of our way to make friendships. Lasting, deep friendships with the lonely and share something of our faith within them. Over the next six weeks, we are going to study a series on what Christian friendships could look like. And the goal is to present wisdom from the Bible on how to make and maintain good relationships. This is something that's relevant to every single one of us. So I pray that God will teach us all and deepen all of our friendships.
The next five sermons are going to pick up on a different area of our relationships, thinking practically how we can work on them. But tonight, I want to lay some of the groundwork with an introduction. I want, I think God wants us to see that friendship, true friendship, is crucial to our lives as Christians. And I want to explain why. There are two reasons. The first reason that I think true friendship is crucial is a theological one. Friendship is right at the heart of the Bible's message. As Christians, we worship the triune God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We worship a God who in his very essence is an eternal communion of committed relationships. The Trinity is hard to understand and hard to explain. By nature, it is a mystery, but essentially it boils down to this. Just as in a marriage where two people love each other so much they can be referred to as one, so in the Godhead, there are three people who love each other so much they are united as one. You know, in the Bible, it says that God is love. I'm sure you've heard that before. But God is not love purely because he has shown love towards us. God is love because that is who he is. Love is the essence of his being. Love is what holds Father, Son and Spirit together. The Father loves the Son and the Spirit. The Son loves the Father and the Spirit. The Spirit loves the Father and the Son. God is not just loving. God is love. God is relational. That is how the Godhead is made up. Now think about another key truth of the Bible. Human beings are made in God's image. We are made to be like him, to resemble him. Now that is not about our physical appearance, because clearly we all look different. To be God's image is a comment on our ability to make relationships. Human beings are unique in all the created world, all the animal kingdom, because we can relate to God in love. Before the fall in Genesis, we got a glimpse of how human life was supposed to be. Adam and Eve enjoy perfect relationship with God, with each other and with the world around them. The Bible tells us that God used to walk through the garden in the cool of the evening. He calls out for his friends, where are you? Adam and Eve were the friends of God. <coughs> now unfortunately it wasn't long before sin wrecked that situation. After Adam and Eve ate the fruit they were banished from the garden and that relationship was broken. But wonderfully God was not prepared to leave it there. The whole of the rest of the Bible is the story of God working to restore that relationship with his human friends. 
And this reconciliation was prefigured in the Old Testament and it was fulfilled in Christ. And along the way we get little glimpses of what one day will be true for all who believe in God. In Exodus 33, it says that God spoke with Moses in the tent of meeting face to face as a man speaks with his friend. In Isaiah 41, it tells us that God called Abraham his friend. In the Gospels, Jesus repeatedly calls his disciples his friends. And when you think about it, Moses was a murderer, Abraham was a serial liar, and the disciples were deeply flawed in every way. But still God was working to make friends with them. But of course, the desire of God to be in friendship with us is seen most profoundly in Jesus. In Matthew 11, Jesus is described as the friend of sinners. Ultimately, we can be friends with God, not because we are worthy, but because Christ came and died for us. And we sometimes forget it, but the whole salvation plan of God has two dimensions to it. There's the vertical dimension. Christ's death on the cross brings us back into relationship with God. We can now relate to the Godhead as father, brother and friend. But there's also a horizontal dimension. Through the cross, we're also brought into unity with all other believers. You see, God calls us to himself, not as individuals. There's no such thing as an individual Christian. God calls us as members of a new community. As believers, we don't choose whether we're going to enter a church or not. We are the church. We are part of a family, a community, a friendship group. And here is the amazing thing. The deeper our relationships grow with other Christians, the more like Christ we become. And it says also in scripture, the greater we are prepared for eternity in the new heavens and the new earth, where we will live in fellowship with God and all his people. Whatever eternity will be like, it will be intimate friendship with God and one another. Can you see then that right from the first chapters of the Bible to the very last, the message is one of friendship. God made us in his image so we could have a relationship with him. We broke that relationship with our sin. God has given everything to restore that relationship so that we can be friends with him forevermore. Friendship is part of being human. It is an essential part of being a follower of Christ. In fact, to live an unfriendly life with no relation to other people is a rejection of God's purpose for us. It actually dehumanizes us. It causes the great tragedy of loneliness. No wonder then when Jesus was asked, what are the greatest commandments? What did he say? Love God, love others. That summed up all of God's desire for us. So true friendship is crucial because it's at the heart 
of the Bible's message. It's at the heart of the gospel. But of course that doesn't mean it's always easy. Some of you in this room will be brilliant at making friends. You'll have kept friends all the way from when you were at school. I will admit to you now that I am shy. I am over-anxious and I am an introvert. And I find friendships difficult. In fact, I don't know anybody I went to school with. And I only know a couple who I went to Bible college with just ten years ago. I get that this is tough for some people. Most of all, I know that my sin gets in the way. It's quite a lot of my fault that I don't have any relationships with people from a long time ago. A lot of it is the mess that I have made. But there is help available to all of us. When we come to faith, God plants his spirit within us. And by his spirit, we're being transformed to be more like Jesus every day. And the Spirit wants to give us the power and the wisdom to relate well to others. But we have to let him. We have to let the Spirit take the reins of our hearts and step out in faith. So if you, like me, find friendships and relationships difficult, I encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit to come and guide you. Pray about those you know. Ask God to give you all you need to deepen those relationships. And maybe he'll begin to do that through the teaching of this series. But this is point number one. True friendship is crucial because it's at the heart of the Bible's message. For our second point, we move away from theological theory and on to the practical and the pragmatic. Friendship is required if we want to live life well. Have you ever noticed that some people seem really good at navigating their way through life, while other people seem to constantly fall down? Some people seem to understand how the world works and live accordingly, while others are forever getting into trouble. Now, it may surprise you to hear that this is not a question of intelligence. It's not a question even of morality. Two people can have the same principles in life and yet one of them is successful and one of them's relationships are always in a mess. Now the Bible is honest about what causes this. It is all a question of wisdom. In the Bible we find wisdom. God's wisdom that helps us to really live. You see, God wants to help us with the very practical matters of living everyday life. And Proverbs is a wisdom book. It's a wisdom book in the Old Testament, and it's designed to teach us how to do life well. And its foundational principle is stated right at the beginning of the book. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. What does it mean to fear the Lord? It means to recognise who God is and what he has done. And when we realise that he is the holy creator of all, who gave his own son so that we might be his friend, we then seek to respond with worship and submission 
In other words, to begin to live life wisely, you have to put your relationship with God above everything else. But alongside this foundational principle in Proverbs is another one. Proverbs stresses the importance of human relationships. If we want to live wisely, we need friends. I read a commentator on this theme called Hugh Black, and he wrote this. The book of Proverbs might also be called a treatise on friendship. There is no book, even in classical literature, which so exalts the idea of friendship and is so anxious to have it truly valued and carefully kept. So why are human friendships so important for us to live wisely? Well, it's because seeking wisdom is a communal project. We cannot live wisely on our own. Proverbs presents life as a long journey. And on that long journey, you're constantly faced with two paths. The path of wisdom, the path of folly. The right path and the wrong path. And Proverbs tells us that we need good friends when we get to the junctions. We need people who will travel with us. We need people who will help us to discern which is the right path. And then once we're on that path, to spur us on to keep going in that direction. Proverbs believes that friendly companions strengthen us. And that's what this verse is all about. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need each other to strengthen each other, to guide each other, to help each other make the right decisions in life. And when we've made the wrong ones, to bring us back and get us back on the right path again. It is impossible to live life wisely all on your own. Let me give you an illustration. I love walking in the mountains. My favourite mountains are the Coolins on Sky. I love to disappear, climb up onto the Coolin Ridge for the day. However, there are some peaks on Sky that I will only do if my brother is there with me. I don't feel safe doing them on my own. My brother will help me to choose the right route. He's a much better mountain climber than me. My brother will make sure that I don't take chances. And my brother will pick me up and phone for help if anything goes wrong. When taking on the mountains, my brother and I, we stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder. We're united in our common passion to conquer the mountain. And we set out to do it together. And that's how it should be with Christians. We are to stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder, united in our mutual commitment to follow Jesus. And we'll follow him in the way of the cross all the way until he returns. And a new heavens and a new earth begin. This is a lifelong journey that we're on. And it's going to have many challenging mountains on the way. And we need friends to make the journey with us. 
We need friends to help us make good life choices. We need friends to spur us on when we start to doubt and we start to waver. We need friends to pick us up when we fall. We need friends to say, hang on, that's the wrong path. Come back. You've got to go that way. Having Christian friends makes us stronger like iron sharpens iron. And with friends, we're more likely to reach the summit of life. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And that day is the day of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So do you see, not only is friendship right at the heart of the Bible, friendship is required by all of us to do life well. There is no such thing as a lone Christian. And it's a tragedy if there are lonely Christians amongst us in our fellowship here. We need each other. And I think we should offer ourselves to each other. So I would like us to take the weeks ahead as an opportunity to spur each other on. I'd like us to really commit to encouraging and comforting and really getting alongside each other. I'd like us to try and move our relationships on a step. That instead of when we meet up, rather than just talking about the weather and home baking and Brexit, we actually talk about faith. You know, so many of us socialise regularly, but we never even get close to asking the question, how are you going with God at the moment? Maybe we could try and develop just one relationship with another Christian here where we can be truly honest with each other, with whom we can ask, well... How is your Christian life going at the moment? What are you finding encouraging? What are the challenges you're facing at the moment? How can I help you? What can I pray for for you? I wonder how many of us in this room have got someone who would ask us those questions. You can't have a relationship that deep with everybody in the church. It's impossible. It works best in two or threes. But this is the challenge that I've set myself this year to cultivate a friendship like that. And I just encourage you to consider whether you might like to do the same. To get close enough to another Christian that they sharpen us and we sharpen them and we journey closer to Jesus and further in our faith. This series is only going to work if we accept that we all need friends and that's why I read the reading about Jesus in Gethsemane on the most distressing challenging tempting hour of his life he took three friends with him he wanted backup he wanted companionship and when they failed he lamented their ability to stay awake he really did want their friendship in that moment if Jesus needed friends we need friends so let's set out to make deeper friendships with one another and let's try and tackle some of that loneliness on either with the love of God let's pray together